Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Kent Online Podcast with me, John Phipps, and a man whose emotions, as usual, have gone up and down over the course of the past footballing week, Matt Gerrard. We will of course discuss Matt's elation, devastation and frustration. I think that's in chronological order as well, later in the show. But first, I'm sure everyone really wants to know about your pancake party last weekend, Matt. Very enjoyable, very enjoyable. It was uh, uh, a local church hall and there was soup. Wasn't allowed bread, of course, because I'm on mince. I'm on mince, aren't I? So we had no bread, but a bit of soup. And then uh, we had pancakes. Um, they, it's the first time we've been there. Previously, they've actually made the pancakes, but now they've got whites to that. Because there's about 50 people there. They actually bought them from Marks and Spencers. I think they got a deal because, as we know, John, we love a yellow sticker on Marks and Spencers. And they probably uh, got a load there. So we had a pancake. And then there was games of rolling up the pancake, like a little plate. Uh, Semping bowling, which I was terrible at. Um, I was beaten by a six-year-old girl because we were queuing up to do the Semping bowling. And I was talking to her. I said, if you get 10 out of 10, I'll give you a tenner. Because she was very confident. And I knew she wouldn't get 10 out of 10 because she was about six. And uh, she got eight. And I was a bit panicky there. And when I did it, first go, I missed. And the second go, I got three. So um, apart from that, but it was a very enjoyable evening. Yeah, the kids enjoyed it. Plenty of games, plenty of fun. A couple of quiz questions. So, um Yes, or no, it was uh, we're going, and I'll sign myself up for next year. We'll probably go next year as well. So there you go. So it's the way forward, a pancake party. Yeah, without giving too much way about what you're going to say to him, but do you think you had a better afternoon than you would have done if you'd gone to Victoria Park? Uh, definitely. Okay. Definitely. Absolutely, definitely. So uh, I got on the table, we sat at the table, and a um, guy said, oh, yeah, we lost, you know, tune it up, we lost 3-2. And this bloke pipes up, you must be an Everton fan as well, because he was an Everton fan, that's it up. No, I'm Dover, beep, athletic. Well, I didn't use that, because it was in church hall, so I didn't swear, but that's what I was thinking. So, yeah. So, but he, I did explain to him that we lost 3-2 as well, and uh, he sort of laughed. So, there you go. That's not very nice of him, is it? No, well, he was a football fan, so I think he was laughing about Everton and basically wanted... Uh, Silver sack from Everton, so uh, he, he could feel my pain as a football fan, and he wasn't very complimentary about Jordan Pickford as well. So, uh, yeah, but I think Everton fans are about as moany as Dover fans probably this season. Hey, watching anything on the telly to brighten your days at the minute? Uh, well, I've, I've watched the yeah, Ricky Gervais new series, uh, Life After. Something like that. After Life. It was okay. After Life, even, yeah. I think of it then. Um, wasn't too bad, a little bit sickly. Yeah, Ricky Gervais. Yeah, some of it, it wasn't laugh out loud funny, but it, some of it made me chuckle, but I've just got rid of that. Apart from that, um, I'm still watching a lot of my bloke playing football manager on, on the internet, which is, yeah, pretty sad, but that's the reason. But not much on the telly, I need to get back into it. Even my daughter said this morning, Dad, even though the, the loads of channels we've got and Netflix, rubbish on the telly, Dad, at the moment. So I need to get back, back on board. But there's stuff on ITV and Baptiste we need to catch up on, so apparently people are raving about them. So there you go. Yeah, we haven't started watching that cheat yet, but I understand that's going to be quite good. That's the one on ITV this week, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's the one where we'll whack it out in four, you know, two and a half, get it done, rather than forgetting what happens on a Monday when you're watching it on a Tuesday sort of thing, which always seems to be the norm. So, uh, yeah, apart from that, you're yeah, nothing's really a bit like the malaise of the country after the last couple of days, when could be after this, if you ever listen back to this back in 2030 or something, the country's on its knees at the moment, so... Um, Bit of a malaise, the weather's rubbish, it's blowing a kahoolie. Tesco's is shut. What's the world coming to in Thanet? So, Thanet people are in, you know, meltdown central. So, you probably can't get a loaf of bread anywhere because Tesco's is shut because the roof blew off. So, uh, um, that's about it, really. No, no, nothing. I need a bit of 
uh, cheering up, really. Waiting for the sunshine. You know, I went to Brighton on Monday. And oh, yeah. uh, we just had a bit. We had a, a meal at a, a all-you-can-eat meat restaurant, which was very nice. We just kept bringing oh, meat nice. to our to our table. Very nice. Um, and we had a few drinks. We had a nice day. And as we were walking in one of the pubs, we saw that George Ezra was on uh, in Brighton. And uh, Hayley was like, oh, I quite fancy that. So we actually got to the level where we gave our phone number to a ticket tower in case he got a ticket. But alas, the phone never rang. So we just got the train home. Oh, well, I quite, that shotgun is a quality tune. I don't, I mean, he's had a few tunes, Ezra. So was that the, um, the one on the seafront? Yeah, the, the Brighton Centre. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, how many people does that hold? About four and a half thousand, so we were, we knew we were pushing our luck, but we thought, well, do you know what? Let's try. And um, and how did you know this person was a tower? Was he buying tickets? Buy, buy or sell, buy or sell tickets, or buy or sell that sort of thing. Oh, right. Well, clearly he wasn't very good, was he? Because A he wasn't buying, and B he wasn't selling. Well, he, did, he obviously there weren't no one else was selling one. them. He, he would have. No one else was selling them to him, and um, he oh, was, right. and he just didn't have enough to sell us. So you know. Alright. Uh, um, how much? Uh, uh, again, popular music concerts now. I reckon there's a real ticket for that. I reckon you're looking 60 quid plus. If they, they were only 40 ticket. quid. That, that is good. Yeah. That is good. How much would you have gone to? We would have, we, we weren't paying more than face value because that was what he told us the price was. So we were only going to pay 40 quid. Oh, so. At least he's got the worst tickets out ever. Surely we must be pumping. His percentage on top of that. But well, he yeah, must, well, no, you must have been buying them for 15, 20 quid and then flogging them on for 40. That's how they do it. Ah, uh, right. So they still all end right. up making a bit of money. But he didn't make any money because he didn't phone us back. So, you know. Ah, uh, right. Ah, uh, right. Yeah. So, uh, did he look dodgy? Of course not saying that any... If you are a ticket out, you may not be the dodgies. I've just basically slated all the tickets outs out there. Did he look a little bit dodgy? Yeah, of course you did. It's your ticket towel. They all uh, look dodgy. Uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't mind saying that because, do you know what? I don't think there's, there's going to be many ticket towels knocking around in the Kent or League game anytime soon. <laughs> no, no, Even at the big no, FA Vars game on, on Sunday. So, so what, what, time, what, what time did you ask for the ticket or did you see it was on? Uh, we, are, we went to him about half seven, I think. Um, oh, right. And, it's, and he was on at nine, it? Ezra. So, yeah, yeah. You know, we gave, we gave it a, a fair whack of time, but no dice, sadly, no dice. Uh, going on to Kevin talking about this, what was the demographic of a George Ezra concert? Did you see the people wandering around and thinking, oh, they're going to George Ezra? Uh, well, the, the the ones we saw in T-shirts were sort of, a, a lot of them were sort of early 20s and probably I would say more female than male, I would say, was was the split right. there. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so um, yeah, I quite, yeah, I quite, I maybe even prefer him to Sheeran, which could be a bit of controversial, I suppose, these days. No, I don't. Do I, don't no think that's, I don't think that's controversial in the slightest. Don't you? No, well, I think George was, uh, yeah, very entertaining. So it would have been worth nice, going but... just for that song. Yeah, yeah, mm. like Shotgun, which is a, a, a quality. Just going back, John. Sorry, again. What in this meat? What do you get in your meat restaurant? Is it where they cook it at the table? No, they didn't cook it at the table, but they just literally just keep bringing things over. So we had prawns, uh, sirloin steak, rump steak, uh, spicy chicken thighs, normal chicken thighs. Chicken, oh, sounds good. Yeah, chicken hearts they brought over, which Hayley wasn't so keen on. They were all right. If you didn't think about what it was, it tasted all right. Um, and just, yeah, bits and pieces like that. She bought it on Groupon. Um, oh, and yeah, we had a nice... And what, do you have, what else did you have that? Potatoes and chips? It was like a help yourself buffet salad. Nice. Uh, so you just went over and just grabbed it. They had uh, chips, they had um, like all sorts of things. And we just, So we just grabbed a couple of 
we didn't have, I didn't actually have any chips. We were like, well, why would you? But we had a lot of like coleslaw and and salad to go with it, and and then just meat, meat, and yeah, a little bit more meat. Good. Oh, right. That's right. Felt manly after the end of that. Came man. Yeah, exactly. It's our 75th episode this week, and that, according to my traditional Google search that I do in the morning of podcast recording, is the number of Conservative MPs who voted against Theresa May's latest attempt to get her Brexit deal through. And hey, in the time that I'm about to do our award entry for this year, maybe we should talk politics. So, Matt, 16 days until Brexit. How do you see the next two and a half weeks panning out? I haven't got the foggiest. Uh, I'm going on the basis from reading with people. They're going to vote no deal Brexit. They're going to boot it back out. I reckon about May, June, we'll be back on it from there. There you go. Politi- there's my political views. Have you, your view on it, John? They're never going to go for no deal, are they? Even though apparently Theresa May said she would do no deal even if we couldn't get a deal two years ago. But I really feel sorry for Theresa May. I'm not giving any of my views of a politics around, but surely this poor woman, somebody just sort of put her arm around and say, come on, love, let it go. I'm in, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I, I don't think they'll do a no deal, but I can understand that people who voted Brexit thought they were voting for a no deal Brexit. Um, however, like you said about Theresa May, I feel sorry for the woman. She's took on a job that no one else wanted. She thinks we should remain. She, that was how she voted, but not a single one of these loudmouth MPs who voted to leave has put their hands up and said, I could sort this out. And that's the problem that we're all dealing with. Everyone's got their own interests. And watching a bit of the coverage last night, it's like children. There's always people making cat noises and, and cat calling in the background in Parliament. You are voted MPs, so sort your lives out. Anyway. Oh, I don't know where Theresa May gets sleep. She, you know, she look, poor woman looks like, you know, <laughs> you know just get, give her a couple of days off or something. You know, I feel sorry for her. But, you know, this country, you know, it's just going down the pan and we're just a laughing stop, which is pretty worrying and back to 75 the year i was born john so there you go, that's the link this week what a marvelous year that was for for everybody concerned um what were your memories of 1975 then uh was it hot? my dad always says that um you know he got a parking ticket the day i was born so he always brings that up because apparently he parked outside my grandmother's house um very excited because his first he had his second child but first born son uh, um, but then got a, a parking ticket, so he always brings it up. Apart from that, I don't really remember too much um, from that point of view. But uh, yeah, so 1975, eh? God, mm-hmm. I'm getting old now, aren't I? Big in the milk game back then, I'd imagine, 75. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably was, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wasn't on the booby juice, which is um, the new word that uh, my kids went on, because I don't think it was that hip and trendy back in the day. Uh, there's also the band of the 1975 who won lots of awards at the Brits but I'm 37 so I've got no interest in that but uh, the 1975 Matt are they on your radar? Uh, I've heard of them I knew they were awards but um, if you play the song to me now I wouldn't know any of their songs no good stuff anyway I do know it's somebody from the Alfina's own pets son and Denise Welsh's son yeah same they're, the same, they're married yeah, yeah. or they were married um, yeah, all that's, right. that's all I know from that. So very no, good. No. Right, let's move on to the football. And of course, there's only one place we can start this week, and that is with the biggest game in Kent non-league football. Certainly since we started doing this podcast, I reckon biggest game in Kent non-league football since 2016 when Ebbsfleet and Maidstone played in the playoff final. But anyway, uh, an all scaffold FA Vars semi-final. The first leg takes place at Cray Valley on Sunday, where the informed Millers host Canterbury City. And head of that game, I've got with Canterbury coach Will Graham, and he cannot wait for the big game. Uh, yeah, no, everyone's, um, you know, very excited. Um, it's the, it's the 
club it's the it's the team's biggest and the club's biggest biggest game ever. Um, so yeah, you know we're you know we're we're the underdogs. We're, we're under no illusions that we're the underdogs. Um, you know, Cray are a very very good team. They've got very very good players. Yeah, you know, but you know we've been the underdogs now for about two or three rounds. You know, potentially even longer than that. So you know we're obviously going into the game thinking that. You know, there's no pressure on us. Everyone's expecting Craig to go through. But, you know, we're not, you know, we're going to go out there with the right, right mindset and hope that we can, um, you know, maybe upset a bit of the, uh, a bit of the odds. As, I suppose Canterbury haven't been in, in sparkling form since the last round. Is everyone just sort of focused on this game a bit at the moment? Yeah, I mean, to be fair, the, 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 the problem is, is, is with the league. Unfortunately, you know, as professional as you want to be, you know, everyone is, is excited with with the FA Vars and you know our league form has has been a bit of an issue over recent over recent weeks etc but you know it's, it's hard saying to these players every single week you know right get, get yourself up to the FA Vars you know the you know the perks of of going to Wembley at the end of it and then um, you know obviously due to sort of earlier season form and things like that you know our league you know we're, we're not going to go down and we're not going to go up so you know, all we're going to try and do is try and get our, uh, you know, to the FA Vars final and, and try and secure a, uh, a decent league position ready to push on for next season. And, and, and what would it mean to, to you and, and to Ben and everybody else at the club to get to Wembley? Well, me, you know, I'm born and bred Canterbury. You know, ben, Ben's played for the club and, you know, obviously been involved in the club for many years now. And I mean, for me personally, being, you know, born and bred in Canterbury to work for Canterbury City, you know, is, is amazing. It's something I take great pride, you know, pushing my my hometown club as far as I can, you know, potentially do uh, it within my own ability. Um, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm proud with everything that Canterbury City do, you know, as a club and the fight that they've been doing to try and secure, you know, a home again, considering that, you know, they lost it many, many years ago. Um, so for me personally, on on my own account, it's my hometown club, and I want nothing but success for the club. And uh, you've not been at Canterbury, Canterbury that long. How have you found found coming in there? And, and and they seem like a great bunch of lads whenever I've come across them. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I mean, I, I've been in it, you know, since the the Holland and Blair game, which I think was just after Christmas. Um, you know, I've had a couple of seasons away due to working as a prison officer. Um, I'm, I'm in a new position now, which has allowed me to return to football. Um, I had, you know, some really good offers uh, to sort of come back in in the rhyming level. Um, and, you know, for me, Ben's, Ben's someone that I've, you know, coached against and played with and known since I was at school. So to be part of the part of the management team with Ben was, was a no-brainer for me, really. Um, and, you know, the players, I've either played with them as a youth player or, or played against them as a senior player. So for me, it was quite easy for me to come in and be integrated into the squad. But the changing room is fantastic. It's one of the best that I've ever been in. Obviously, you, yourself, you, you've had a, that breakout. You had a little spell in America, a spelling charge of Whitsville. Are, are you settled where you are now? Yeah, I mean, for me at the moment, I mean, my personal when I when I took the position with with Ben, I, like I said, I had a couple of a couple of offers that was a, was driving offers to go in there as a coach um, that didn't didn't quite meet my needs, you know, through various other reasons. But 
you know, my, my plan is at the moment is to, to focus, focus, always focus on where I am, never look outside of where I am. Um, you know, and if, if something comes up in either a management position or assistant manager, you know, at a higher level, I'm always eager to sort of uh, work at the highest level should it, should it work for them and work for me. You're still only young as well, aren't you? Yeah, I'm only 33, so I mean, you know, in terms of my coaching career, I've worked mainly at youth level for, you know, for years, and then obviously over the last five to six years, I started off at Whitstable um, as first team coach for Jim and Danny, we had a fantastic uh, first year, um, and then obviously I was assistant manager at Hightown under Clive Cook, so I'm a young coach, I'm looking to always progress and learn and things like that, and uh you know, always look for opportunities should they arise. However, I always will put 100% into wherever I am at the moment. And just finally looking ahead to the weekend then, what, what, what's the plan? Do you, do you go there and try and stifle them and, and bring something back to Salters Lane next weekend? Well, you know, I think, you know, even for even for Kevin Watson and things like that, you know, not, not many you know coaches at our level have been involved in two-legged games. Um, so it is, it's, it's something brand new, I think, for everybody. Um so, yeah, we can have a game plan going into there and, you know, God willing, we can, it all works out for us and everything we put into place, you know, works and, you know, we've got something to go for for the second leg. So, it's it's on, it's, it's new territory for us, but, you know, Ben, myself and, and the management team, I think, you know, we're, we're quite enthusiastic and we're, we're going to try and come up with a plan to try and progress into the final. An interesting chat with Will Graham there, Matt. Obviously, uh, new to the Canterbury City side, but you can tell he wants to, to get to Wembley as much as anyone. Yeah, even though he's the first one from the Canterbury camp that I've heard come out of it. Because between me and you, we've been chatting, we said, Cray are definitely the favourites for this game. But now, Canterbury have said that. I don't know if he's taking pressure off um, the players from that point of view, but they know that they're maybe underdogs in this game. And going there, it's going to be a difficult tie. But, you know, confidence-wise, you know, Will Graham is a, a decent coach. Glad to see he's back in the game. And we mentioned about his job there. But interesting that maybe they're playing down their chance a little bit. Maybe they do think they've got a chance. But I think they go into the game as second favourites with Cray, particularly their firepower. Canterbury have got to make sure they're still in the tie when it goes to the second leg. That's the thing, isn't it? I mean, but what Will did say there was, you know, no one expected them to beat Biggleswade. I don't, I don't think if we're being brutally honest, we expected them to beat Biggleswade at all um, to reach this semi-final. And they obviously seem to be a team who can raise their game for these cup ties. And you can kind of understand that they'd rather be playing a team who they don't know so much about because they see the, the Cray Valley results every week and Cray Valley are in fantastic form at the moment. There's no doubt about that. Um, but... You know, it's two it's two games of ninety minutes, and the, the the big thing is is they don't come back on Saturday with with a heavy defeat. You know, even if a narrow defeat might set them up beautifully for for the second leg. Um, but the, the most important thing is that they just go out there and and try and stifle Cray, Cray Valley PM. And, and with the two legged nature of the tie, they have that opportunity, don't they? Yeah, interesting point you mentioned about that as well. You know, they're not normally. I know they do play two legged ties in the in the Scaffold Cups, but this is a, a totally different level to that. So, Canterbury, would you think, right, You know, well, hopefully if we bring them back, we're going to have a really big crowd there. If we can keep them quiet, maybe if we lose by a single goal, I don't presume uh, away goals count, we can go into it from there. So, tough, definitely tactics and new things come into play there, but it's going to be an interesting game. But, yeah, definitely Cray, uh, Cray Valley are definitely the favourites, but Canterbury, it's a great opportunity and any side at both of these levels, nobody wants to lose in the semi-final and they're so close to Wembley. 
And the, and the things is what well, you know. Obviously, we know all the, the the big names that Cray have got. Um, you know, your Kevin Lisby, your Gavin Tomlin, and and uh, Willock and players like that. But Canterbury are a, a real team. They've got some. They've got some players who are really well known in the circles of Kentland League football that we go round, and, and good solid players. You know, you look at Dean Grant up front; is always a threat. Jack Dello, who we spoke to the other week on the podcast, is a really solid goalkeeper at, at this level and can play at the level above and. They've obviously got Phil Starkey and Luke Wheatley have just come into the into the mix as well. So it's it that they are certainly not to be underestimated. And I guess that may be something that Canterbury are perhaps hoping, especially with the current runner form that they're in, that Cray Valley PM might think on Saturday, well, do you know, or Sunday rather, you know, do you know we, we, we should be beating these and then the complacency might set in. Yeah, totally opposite ends of the spectrum from the results of this weekend, wasn't it? Cray winning five and Canterbury losing four. So yeah, again, Cray Valley are say big favourites going into the game with the firepower they've got. But Canterbury, do you see from players from there, hungry players, Jack Delo, he you know desperate to get to that. So players will up their game, and, and this is a once in a life chance, lifetime chance that these players are going to have to play at Wembley. And so if they can lift themselves, they've got a very good opportunity. So you know, from a personal point of view, which one it's a good game, and hopefully it can go to a second leg because that'll be really interesting stuff coming up. Yeah, and the other important thing as well is they've got players at, at Canterbury who've been at this level before, played at this stage before. Gary Sayer, certainly among them, um, when they, when Herne Bay reached, the, re- reached this stage a few years ago. Um, and, you know, that's the sort of experience that they've got to be looking at, the, these players to to get them through. I mean, 2012, it was the year that Herne Bay um, got close to getting into the final Um as they as they reach the last um, as as they reach the last four and and those some of those players are still kicking around for Canterbury City. Yeah, yeah, you you've got to use your heartbreak of that. You know, maybe people like Gary didn't really think he'd get that back there seven years later, but he's got one more chance, and you've got to get that over to the younger players, right? You know, you've got to make sure you do the most of this, and if they perform to the best of their capabilities. From both sides, it's going to be a really interesting uh, competition, a couple of games, and uh, for me. Cray a little bit favourites, but I, I think it could go either way. I think Canterbury, as you said, their records, you know, the last three rounds, many people thought, no, they go out, they go out, but they've come through and they've got, now they've got the, the chance from there. So I think it'd be a really interesting uh, couple of games in that month, but I, I can't call it at the moment. No, it was West Auckland who beat Herne Bay, by the way, back in 2012 uh, in the Vars semi finals, um, which was obviously a disappointment for her. Lose the final to Dunstan. Uh, UTS as well. Um, anyway, we move on to the Southern Counties East League itself, where Craig Valley warmed up for the ties. We've already heard the 5 0 win over Sheffield United on Saturday, uh, which takes them to within two points of leaders Corinthian, who were held to a 1 1 draw at Glebe. Fisher are a further two points back, but have played a game more after their 1 0 win at Tunbridge, over Tunbridge Wells, while Chatham are still in the hunt after their 3 0 win at Bearstead. Um, Hollands and Blair have reappointed Paul Piggott as their manager at the end of the season, throwing Darren Blackburn's decision to resign, following their 3 2 defeat to Deal Town. Uh, Blair are 19th in the table following that loss. They do have games in hand, three to be precise, on Rustle, who are just a point in front of them. Um, Darren Blackburn standing down there, Matt, he, he basically said that he it's for the best of the club that he lets someone else have a go, which is it, it's a brave thing for a manager to say, isn't it? Yeah, when you get to be like you're managing at a decent level. Well, I see he went to the committee, so it's interesting to see how the football club works in that thing. He could have stood in there. Uh, Paul Piggott, you know, is, is an experienced manager who's managed Chatham before. Was he the manager of Chatham before, Kevin Watson? I think so, Kevin, so, yeah. so, he probably is in there. So, Kevin Watson, the link to, to Cray Valley. So, yeah, he knows that level. Hollands and Blair, disappointing, nearly came back against Deal. But he's put it in, again, they've a side that's had a decent spell in this, have come through the levels. 
been decent in the scaffold. They don't want to get relegated. So a brave decision, but maybe it's the right one. And you've got to admire managers who do that, you know, because he said it was affecting his family life and you don't really want that as well. But sometimes it's more important things than football. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes I get that with the Kent Only podcast, but uh, I managed to, to plough on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know. Family problems and things like that, definitely. Yeah. Well, I, I had to go and collect a... Uh, what did I have to go and collect? A, uh, some sort of bookcase slash unit from Mayfield this morning. And, and that was... So I managed to get myself an hour back to do the podcast. So that was good news. Um, Russell, Where's Mayfield? Uh, in between here and Tumbridge Wells. So not All too right. bad. Sounds very posh. Antique shop, was it? No, it was in someone's house. So, but there you go. Um, Rustle went above Hollands and Blair with a 2 0 win over Croydon, which ended a wretched week for the home club, uh, who were the victims of a couple of break ins as well. While Stedman Canada grabbed the hat trick as Earth Town beat Canterbury City 4 0. Uh, this weekend, it's all eyes on Eltham on Sunday, of course. But in the league, Hollands and Blair go to AFC Croydon, it's Beerson against Fisher, Chatham host Croydon, Corinthian meet Crowborough, it's Earth Town against Beckenham, Lordswood host K Sports, and Tunbridge Wells take on Glebe. In Division 1, the big game is going to happen between us recording this and it being released as the top two clash when Wellingtown meet Irith and Belvedere. Six points between them, but the Deers have four games in hand. They beat Stansford 4-1 on Saturday, when it was also Brydon Ropes 3, FC Elmstead 2, uh, Forest Hill Park 1, South Athletic 1, Holmesdale 2, Snodland Town 2, Phoenix Sports Reserves 1, Greenways 2 and Rochester United beat Lewisham 4-2. This weekend it's FC Elmstead against Irith and Belvedere, Greenways against Forest Hill Park. Lewisham Borough versus Sutton Athletic, Meridian VP against Brydon Ropes, Rochester United against Lidtown, Snodland Town versus Wellington, SC Thamesmead against Holmesdale, and Stansfeld versus Kennington. Anyway, Matt is no doubt bursting to talk about Dover's fortune, so we'll move on to the National League, where the Whites battle against the Drops took another turn as they let a two-goal lead slip at Hartlepool on Saturday to lose 3-2, before a 1-1 draw at home to Boreham Wood. And before we let Matt loose, here's a little bit from Dover boss Andy Hessentaler. I don't think the performance was bad at all. I think uh, on possession, we, we pretty much dominated it. Um, but the only criticism, like I just said there, was that we, we, we've got in some really good positions second half and um, and we've got to take them chances, you know. And uh, we had scored, you know, as you just said there, look, scored six goals in the last three games, but um, we just didn't have that final bit of quality tonight. Uh, in the positions we got, you know, even Innie at the end there, you know, 88th minute was it, 89th minute? It's got to make the keeper work there. It, it, for me, it's got to be, it's got to be at least on target, and hopefully, it's a goal for us when we win the game. So, Jamie Allen's had a good chance, and you know, so that's the frustrating uh, part about it tonight. But I can't, I can't fault the boys' effort. I mean, we're under pressure a little bit. I was a little bit nervous at times, and some of our pass, you know, passing uh, decisions and uh, our quality wasn't there at times, but. You know, I, you know, I can't fault the performance tonight. Yeah, disappointing start though. They must be pleased getting back into the game. It was a, it was a good finish, but defence got a little bit cut open for the ball. Yeah, we've talked, we've done that too many times. We did it Saturday at times. You know, like we've, we've talked about the referees' decision at the weekend, but you know, we were t- we got I, I managed the game. You know, and when you're going forward, and it was a, you know a bit of a kick in the teeth to start like that, and you don't want to do that because you give yourself a mountain to climb. But you know, we did respond to that and. Uh, and I can't, uh, I can't, I can't fault them. They, they, they had a go, and we just needed that second goal, and we'd have got the three points. I think certain times where the ball doesn't, you know, the position you're in doesn't fall to you at times. Always a different player there. Is that a little bit frustrating for you? Yeah, it is at times. But um, I think, as I say, as a manager and a coach, you, you look at that and you're hoping you're going to get the rubber green. But you just got to keep working hard, and things will drop for you. But as you said, sometimes when you're in this position, fighting for for your lives, and you're so desperate to win games, sometimes if, if 
that desperate, you know, it's sort of like you end up making mistakes. And, uh, you know, I think we just got to relax a little bit more. And hopefully, listen, we'll, we'll take the performance into Saturday. It's a tough game against Halifax, but I believe we can win the game. Still quite tight down there. Haven't have won today, so the, the gap's gone down to two points. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me having won tonight, to be fair. You know, they're... Their home form's been good. They're fighting for their lives. They've played Dagenham tonight um, and they've got a good result. So, um, you know, fair play to them. They put a bit more, they put pressure on us now. But, you know, we, we're still only three behind the likes of Chesterfield. I know Barnet are, are still down there, but they've got a lot of games there. You expect them to get out of it. You know, we're still only four points behind Boreham Wood. And, you know, so it's, um, it's all to play for still. And uh, we'll just keep going. We expect from Halifax to be on a good run and don't concede many goals, do they? No, and that, you know we've noticed that over the last few weeks they're they're very good defensively, and uh, you know it's, uh, it's it's going to be a it's going to be a tough game for Saturday. But we again we got to, we got to stay patient, we have got to stay uh, stay calm, uh, stay focused, and uh, we'll be okay. It's just about keeping your nerve at this time of the season. Eight games to go. Yeah, I mean we all have. I've got to keep my nerve a little bit on the line. Sometimes I get a bit frustrated too early with the players, and I, you know, they, they don't want to see me doing that. But I think uh, you know I just want them to do so well. And at times I know they can do better at times, and that's why the frustration kicks in. Obviously, he's disappointed. How are you feeling, Matthew? I'm probably less confident than Andy Hessenthaler is that Taylor can stay up. Um, they played pretty well yesterday. Plenty of possession. It's quite slow build-up position. There's not much pace in the side unless Jeffrey gets on the end of it. And when Jeffrey goes past the defender, unfortunately, his final ball lets him down. And that let him down on a couple of occasions. Um, Bournemouth, pretty low on confidence and been doing too well themselves. So, yeah, I think they, were needed, they needed four points from the two home games uh, to that, yesterday or Tuesday and Halifax on Saturday. So, you've got to go from that point of view. I know he said that he's scoring goals, which they have done, scored six goals in three games. But I think um, you've got to be more, when you've got the chance, you've got to put it away in the position they're in. So it's still a bit of um, a concern. I was a bit shaky the last few minutes, particularly when uh, Bournemouth at the top of the crossbar in the 93rd minute. I thought, oh, we go again. But yeah, not a great weekend losing to Hartlepool. Um, I've seen the highlights, and people should say that some of the penalties, the two penalties, weren't penalties. but to me, they probably were. So, any game day, we've just got to see it out. If they do go down, you're going to look at those games against Gateshead, Harrogate and now Hartlepool when you're in front with minutes to go and losing the game. So, um, yeah, still eight games to go. And he has still see he's got to get to the magical 50, as we discussed last week. So, you know, it's in their own hands. He's got teams to play around them at home, particularly Chesterfield and Aldershot. So, um, my mood goes up and down when I see it, you know. Quarter to three, well, quarter to four last Saturday when we were tuning up, was working out how many points we were clear of the drop zone when, when we're going to be safe. When I got back home and swore loudly when I saw the score back in, I'm thinking doom and gloom. And at the moment, I'm in a bit of a doom and gloom mood. So, um, yeah, we need to be Halifax Saturday, really. Two penalties conceded in four minutes as well. That's, uh, that's never something you want to see, is it? No, no. Hardly probably got three thousand people there paying for it. But you know, you know, the handball from Bobby Joe Taylor again. The, the, the thing people want to do now is put your arms behind your back. He didn't do that, so it struck his hand. Yeah, you know, it might not be intentional, but to me, that's a penalty. And the other one, we're giving away a silly foul in the box, and the striker is always going to go down. So it's just got to be game management's got to be a little bit better. A little bit, you know. I think they went. Dover were looking to get three two, and when a point is better than. Nothing really, I would have thought. So they've just got to 
work on that a little bit. But it's going to be plenty of ups and downs in, in the final stage of the season. But I'm still a little bit concerned because the, the drop, uh, you know, haven't win him. The drop's only two points now, isn't it? And um, he mentioned there a, a chance for Effion late on. And I guess that kind of sums up his season. Yeah, he, he, yeah. <laughs> Got to be careful what I say here. Um, he, he went through, you know, he can go past people, no problem at all if he thinks about his strength, but it goes through and, you know, it, it nearly damaged the moon rather than the goal. So that's, I'll leave it at that. Uh, Maidstone recorded a rare, rare home win on Saturday as they beat Haven at Waterlooville, but there was no such joy easily on Tuesday night as they lost by the same score, 2-0. Uh, but it was pleasing to hear, though, Matt, that young Jake Embry, who we spoke to a couple of weeks ago, did, did well on Saturday, scored a goal and left to a stand innovation. It was a lovely finish as well, yes. Um, 17 years of age, um, he seemed a very confident man, uh, and shown by his finish, threw on goal, and it's one of these ones where you could maybe go round the goalkeeper or curl it round him, and he did the little dink straight over the goalkeeper sent into the back of the net he's going to be the maybe the future for Maystone United they got rid of Jake Robinson last week as well didn't they so um, yeah interesting to see him from that yeah I'm pleased for them I still think I've got the lead table in front of me but I think it's, it's asking a lot for Maystone but um, maybe they're putting foundations for next season when we, we when they go again we spoke about postponements last week and Ebbsfleet were victims on Saturday to a late, late one as uh, their trip to AFC Halifax Town was called off far, far too close to kick off for anyone's liking. But they showed no, no ill effects of a wasted journey north on Tuesday night as they swatted aside Maidenhead 3-0. Uh, Bromley were well beaten at Dagenham on Saturday before a 3-3 draw with Chesterfield, which saw three goals in the last eight minutes as Neil Smith's sides were twice pegged back late on. It seems like everyone else is trying to help you out, Matt, but Dover just don't seem to want to take advantage of this. Yeah, that's the annoying thing, isn't it? The results went away with us on Saturday. Uh, a win yesterday would have helped us out. So, yeah, is there going to be a kick in the teeth by the end of the season? But got to be, you know, yeah, we're not we're not helping ourselves at the minute. But just got to carry on, just grind it out. And as I said to somebody else, this from a from a national league point of view, if if we do manage to stay up, I'm just going to wipe this. If there's a way of wiping a season out of my memory. I'm going to do it and throw it away, I think, uh, because it's one of those seasons which just, uh, from, a, from a Dover point of view, just maybe I've been spoiled over the last few years. That's probably what it, what it is. Yeah, there's no game for Bromley this weekend as the FA Trophy semi-final starts. Well, as we've already heard, Dover at home to Halifax. Ebbsfleet can do the, the Whites another favour as they host Bournemouth and Maidstone travel to face Wrexham. It was a good weekend in the National League South as both Dartford and Welling kept up their playoff push. The darts beat Gloucester City 2-0 while the Wings claimed an impressive 3-1 win as they ran the gauntlet of the thugs at Wheelstone. As a reference uh, to last week's show for you. Um, to to keep keep going with with their good form and, and it is looking good now this in this league, isn't it? Yes, he woke in school with the last hit of the game again last night. So, that you know, when I checked my phone walking out of gravel, that really cheered me up from that point of view. Yeah, but Darth had a good game, good result again there. Lovely goal from Phil Roberts and the Wings as well, doing, yeah, getting into good form. And I wouldn't bet against Welling, you know, with Steve King, who's very, very experienced at level. He knows his level. He's been lost in a couple of playoffs before. All that experience spur him on to uh, bigger and brighter things. But, yeah, looking good for both of them to be in the playoffs, which is really good news. Yeah, that win for Welling, particularly on Saturday, was a big one because Wilson and the team just outside the playoff places. So that's opened up a little bit of a gap. Dartford are now six points away from Wealdstone in eighth and Welling themselves are seven points. Um, and this weekend, Matt, guess who Welling are playing? My, my boy's woke in. 
your boys Woking are at Parkview Lane, while Dartford go to Torquay. So uh, big games for both of those. Tough games against teams above them in the table. First and second are the opponents for Dartford and Welling. So it's going to be a tough one this weekend, um, especially we'd say for Dartford away to Torquay. Um, but you can just you can only hope they can manage to get some good results. Yeah, you look at that. You know, you know it, when the likes of if Maidstone and David do get relegate, relegated this season, you look at Conference South. What a difficult league it is. You, Woking, Torquay, Bath, Welling, Chelmsford, Dartford. Teams like that. Apart from Chelmsford, who always seem to be knocking on the door of the national South. The other teams have been well, well, well placed national league sides over the last few years. So it's a tough old division. I really hope Welling are good at home. Be good to the they can they beat Torquay at home. Why not go and beat the go and beat Woking? Cheer me up on a Saturday afternoon. Hopefully, you won't need that much cheering up because Dover are going to win as well. And, and just looking at the foot of the, uh, the National League South as well, a bit worried about Western Supermare because normally they they start to pick up by now and avoid relegation, but they're still seven points away from safety. So this might finally be the year that Western Supermare finally get relegated from that league. But, uh, yeah, they, they beat Torquay recently, didn't they? So yeah. they, they seem to be struggling, getting tonked by. Uh, uh, a few things from there. Um, into the Bostick League Premier Division, where all three of our teams won on Saturday, and they all didn't concede a goal either. Uh, Cadell Daniel, that man again, scored a late goal as Margate beat Bognor Regis Town 1-0. And Tom Derry, the good-looking chap, scored again as Tumbridge Angels beat AFC Hornchurch. That goal coming five minutes from time. But our next interviewee went better than both of them. He scored three in the first 34 minutes. Folkestone Victor beat Lewis by four goals to nil. And it was a, a day to remember for Folkestone striker Ira Jackson. And Matt quite with him earlier this week. Yes, delighted to uh, have on the line now Ira Jackson, fresh after his hat-trick for Folkestone at the weekend. Uh, well, that must have been a fantastic feeling scoring your first uh, professional hat-trick, Ira. Yeah, it was a, a good one. Um... I was hoping that it would be around the corner at some point soon, um, considering I haven't scored one. Uh, so I thought, um, one day I'll get one. <laughs> it just happened to be last Saturday. Yeah, three in the first, first 34 minutes. Can you talk through any of the goals with us? Um, I think they, they all just, just seem to come quite naturally. Um, Alfie, uh, for the first one, just took a strike and I was somehow in the way. <laughs> then I managed to... Uh, get a quick turn on it and finish and then the second one's an excellent cross from JV and I've managed to get a nice little tap in and then again the third one um, Alfie Paxman again uh, has got down the line and literally played it into me on the edge of the box and I've turned and finished so one of the easiest set of goals I've scored <laughs> What was the feeling when, when that hat-trick one goal went in it must be you know people say there's no, no better feeling than scoring a goal Well yeah there's there's not many better, I would say, um, and probably not many better than scoring a hat trick either. Um, I've scored loads when I was younger, but to score in men's football is definitely a, a milestone that I was looking to achieve and to, to get, and um, puts me into double figures for the season now, which I haven't managed to do in non-league yet uh, up to this point. So it's been it's been good so far, and, and to get the hat trick just helps, um, just to give me that extra bit of confidence and something to kick on for the rest of the season and fight to stay in the team sort of thing yeah it'd be nice. you know Neil Cuggler when we had him on a couple of weeks ago he mentioned that you were sort of on on the fringes of things but he, he thought you'd come good overall your, your career you played for a lot of Kent clubs how, I don't know how old you are now early 20s today yeah I'm only 22 and <laughs> I feel like I've been around the non-league game for about 10 years but it's only been six thank yeah. god yeah it's, it's been um, it's been interesting I think a lot of it was just um 
as you're growing up, you you want to uh, you want to play a lot and you want to play loads of games, um, and you're also you're not necessarily as uh, mentally strong when it comes to like um, the sort of things that you deal with in non-league football, um, whether it's dishonesty from managers or whether it's just a lack of experience that you've got that you you can't get by sitting on the bench. Um, or whether it's just the fact that certain managers can't handle the fact that at 16 and 17 you're not going to consistently perform uh, 10 out of 10 every week. And especially in a position like mine, it was tough because um, you're in the results business and if um, you can be doing well and you can have one bad game as a youngster and then you're out with certain managers, uh, you'll see experienced players who they can have five to six bad games and... Um, they can still stay in because they've got that experience and they've got something to back them up. So it's it's been a tough, tough road, but um, it's been a great learning experience, definitely, and it's helped me to, to get to where I am at the moment. Um, do, do you feel that some of the decisions you made, maybe younger in your career, have held you back and if you look back now, you wouldn't take make those decisions? Uh, definitely with regards to uh, when I was 17, I decided to uh, choose education over football. I think that was something that was good and beneficial because I'm doing a degree now. But then if I look at things like Dover, I was a bit impatient there. I was expecting to play and and uh, I didn't really understand the concept of uh, you can do really, really well in training and you can be like doing really well when you, when you play or get your opportunity or come off the bench and you can be a little spark, etc. Uh, and the manager can be saying that you're, you're close but really, in, in actuality, you're not actually very close at all because you're six to seven years behind everybody experience-wise, sometimes even 10, because uh, I was 19 and my teammates were 28, 29, 30, and they played games in the league and all that. So that uh, that that taught me that you have to be patient, and, and that's the thing that I've shown um, at Folkestone so far. Um, but part of that is due to the honesty of Cugs as well, um, he said to me at the start that I wasn't going to be starting. I wasn't going to be guaranteed any, like, 25 minutes a game or whatever. I wasn't guaranteed anything apart from that. I would get an opportunity. And um, he's a very loyal man and a very loyal manager. So at least uh, he stuck true to his word. And, and I came in saying that I wanted to help score goals and help create goals and help us get closer to the playoffs and eventually achieve that. And so far, I'm doing all right with that. You feel like you're paying the, 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 repaying the faith that he had in you in that sort of thing. Because, again, you know, you have been in and out of the team, but you're always chomping at the bit to show him, show him your worth. Well, yeah, in a sense, um, I knew I wasn't going to be playing. So it was just a case of getting to know the team, getting to know the way the team plays, um, and, and just bringing my own game to the way that we play. And I knew that as soon as I got an opportunity, as long as I was trying to improve every game, as soon as I got an opportunity, I would... I would take it, um, but saying that as well, it, that doesn't mean anything if, if it's not a consistent thing. So it was good to get the first goal against Cole Shorten and get an assist, and then it was uh, even better to add to that uh, on Saturday. Strikers thrive on confidence. You, you know, you could, once a ball hits the back of the net, you, you can feel the confidence returning to you. Yeah, I, I guess so. I think it was definitely one of the things that Edgy said to me um, as well. He just said that, uh, because obviously we've played a few friendlies and I've played up front in some of the friendlies. So um, uh, when Ade got sent off, it was just like, OK, 
well, you've played up front in some of the friendlies. Now it's your, it's your turn, sort of, like, you get your chance. So he just said to me that um, I need to make sure that um, I can add goals to my game and, and, and show that I can score goals. Um, because he, he's seen that I've scored goals before, like, in warm-ups, in training and all that sort of stuff. I can finish. Um, it's just making sure that that is put into a game and and just different pieces of advice that I was given have helped me uh, not just by the management staff, but by the players as well. Uh, Draycott, uh, JV, Mevs—they've—they've they've really uh, helped me in performing better on the pitch um, and performing better for Folkestone. Because, like I say, it's a different team, different manager, and the way we play isn't the same way that Sittingbourne played, and it's not the same way Dover played. So, you have to be able to adapt and um, to, to understand how to get the best out of yourself in the way that the team plays. Eight games to go, you're in eighth place. You've got Leatherhead on Saturday, which is a big game as well, because they're just behind you. So, what are the ambitions for folks? It looks like the league title's gone, but playoffs all to play for. Yeah, well, um, I know that we're good enough to, to get into the playoffs. So, uh, at the moment, it's just about taking each game at a time um, and just going out there on Saturday and making sure that we put on a performance that can get us a result. That's the best that we can do, really. Um, we can't go into the game saying that we're we've won it or something like that just because they're below us but it's going to be a tough game they're, they're a team that are on a decent run of form at the moment I know they had a little bit of a blip uh, with a couple of losses but they, they seem to be uh, picking up results at the moment which can help them get up the table but ultimately for us our aim is to to beat whoever comes in front of us and uh, whether that's home or away uh, I know we're away on Saturday we've just got to take care of business really and finally, any uh, ambitions for those eight games for you to you've got in your in your head that you want to try and achieve? Um, ultimately, it's getting in the playoffs. <laughs> um, and from a personal point of view, personally, it's to to keep improving and make sure I can stay in the team and and help the team get in the playoffs. Whether that's scoring goals, whether that's assisting, um, whatever whatever I need to do to make sure that I've improved on the last game and and. Um, helped us to get towards the playoffs. That's, that's what I'll do, really. As you said there, Matt, he's, he's been around the houses a little bit and hopefully now we can settle at Folkestone and, and push on. Yeah, he, he seems to, when I was speaking to him, a lot more mature, I think, than, than his outlet. When he was at other clubs, I think he expected, even though against players, as he mentioned, 10, 12 years older than him, he should be in the, in the side. But I think he's, he's knuckled down now, realising if he wants a future in the game, which I, I think, again, there is a talent in there. Um, as you can see by scoring goals, that he needs maybe have a sit back, work, learn off people like managers, and maybe not so rash in his decision making from that. Because you know, I think there can't be many clubs that in Kent he hasn't actually appeared for. I would have thought, but um, yeah, there's a definite talent there. He's 22 years of age. He knows he's quick, he's sharp in front of goal. If he can settle down, there's no reason why. A bit like Adi Yusuf, who we mentioned in there, who went into the league with Dagenham for a bit. He could be spotted because there's definite talent in there. I just think he's um, maybe reined in his enthusiasm and putting it towards his football rather than um, trying to get into, you know, trying to say he should be playing, but working harder to make sure he does play. I think that's the thing, isn't it? He, he talks about the experienced players he, he was up against. And, and you do need to look at that. And, you know, when he said, you know, some experienced players get a bit more time to make mistakes and, and not be at the top of their game and not score goals, then, you know, but it's difficult. But when you are 17, 18, as he was, it is hard to make your way into men's football. And 
what I also found interesting was that he said he kind of regrets going and prioritising his education over his football, whereas I would say that for a non-league player, that's a very sensible thing to do. Yeah, I think at one stage he was at Notts County and maybe to his degree, you know, from that point of view. Yeah, I think um, maybe he's rude some of his decision makers and his chances he's had before, but now he seems to be a little bit more focused in, it, in his life, etc. Like but yeah, I think there's a talent in there. And if you get him in and focus on him, as you mentioned there, Neil Cugley, he works with strikers. You see what he did with the strikers last season, the goals they score. Focus on will always score goals and maybe he can be the end of the chances. Yeah, the league table's looking pretty uh, pretty tight up there still in the Bossett League Premier Division. Folks in uh, eighth with 52 points, but they're only two points behind Enfield in fifth. Summer James have got a little bit of a buffer now. They're, they're on 57 points. Uh, they're fourth in the table. And uh, the signing of Tom Derry, I know we talked about him and, and you know, you told us how attractive he is, um, but he's banging well, the ball. Well, I'm going on the basis of a newspaper article. I, I um I read. I, I haven't. Well, he, he basically, the ladies like him, so I'm only reading what they mentioned. So, um, well, I'm, not, I'm. Yeah. Good luck to him. But he's, uh, he's I don't know what to say there. Do I find Ben attractive? Um, no, but uh, apparently he's the most attractive man in football. But he's here to score goals, and so far that's what he's been doing for Tampa Angels. Yeah, I like. I like a rough and ready centre forward who likes getting his. Not saying he doesn't get his, you know, head where it hurts, but. Um, Maybe, uh, well, he's scoring goals and maybe he does do that, so I'm doing him a disservice there. But the most important thing, he's very attractive. <laughs> uh, this weekend in the Bossett League Premier Division, it is Margate at home to Merston. Folks and Victor, as we heard with Ivor Jackson, go to Leatherhead. And Tunbridge Angels are at home to Corinthian Casuals. And then on Tuesday night, there is a Kent Senior Cup semi-final between Tunbridge Angels and Bromley. Uh, at Longmead, so that should be an entertaining evening as well. Into the national. It's based on against the Jews as well, isn't that game? Isn't it? So it is indeed. Yes, yeah. so big, big, big time for that in that in that competition. Uh, we will know the finalists by the time we speak to you next week in the Bossett League South East Division. If Cray Wanderers don't win this league, Matt, I'm going to. Uh, well, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, I'll do another half marathon, something like that. Um, they are now 16 points clear after their two 0 win over 10 man Horsham on Saturday, uh, with Horsham only having. How many games are there in this league now? Seven games to play. They're they're not far off it, are they? Because there's only 36 games. Because obviously, Thames Mead's record has been expunged. So Horsham have seven games left to play. It's not going to be too long before Craig Wanderers will actually mathematically be the winners of this division. And then we will pay plenty of credit to them. But a brilliant result for them on Saturday, Matt. Yeah, I think uh, they're going to go on and win the league division. The division now. Um, Good result against um, against Horsham. They had to do it. And again, maybe last season when they looked a bit nervous in this position, they might have lost that game. But that's gone through from there. I'm just trying to think when you mentioned the word expunged, is there any other way the word expunged is used rather than a team being chucked out of the league? I don't think, I, I don't know. I, I, I would imagine not. It's like you, you only get yeah, revelers on New Year's Eve, don't you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, expunged. Yeah, yeah, so don't get anything. I'm going to expunge something from you. So, yeah, if it doesn't go well, yeah, but that's no, just. Good word, expunged. It should be utilised more. So, uh, your plan for the week, John, you try and use expunged in any conversation you have. Uh, it, it does refer to lawsuits, apparently. Crimes can be expunged. There you go. Uh, Maybe Brexit could be expunged from the records. Oh, hey, there's a good one. Very good. Topical, yes, yes. like that. See, we're going to yeah, exactly. awards and I sweat this year. Uh, yeah, yeah, else, no problem. Elsewhere in the Bossett League South East, it was Ashford 3, Ramsgate nil. Ashford still third in the table. Um Herne Bay drew 1-1 at 10-man East Grinstead. It was Faversham nil, Phoenix Sports nil, 
Hythe Town 1, Whiteleaf 0, Sittingbourne were 1-0 winners at 7 Oaks, continuing their brilliant run of form. Uh, VCD Athletic were beaten 2-0 at home to Hastings. And Whitstable got a, a valuable three points as they beat Guernsey by three goals to one. So that leaves that table now. Um, as we've already said, Thamesmead expunged at the bottom. Uh, Greenwich Borough are 19th with 24 points. And Guernsey then two points in front of them. And there's a three-point gap to Whitstall with 29. And then Faversham and Herne Bay both have 30. So all of a sudden, it's looking a little bit better for, for the Kent teams. And Sittingbourne, what a rise they've had. They are up to 12th and they're only one point off 9th. Fantastic. Yeah. Do you think um, the Devon Bostick South version will be disappointed if Guernsey got relegated? Do they get some? Would they? Would they want? I'm not saying. If you spoke to the people there, would you think they'd be more happy if Greenwich Borough or Whitstable got relegated than Guernsey because it adds something to the division? It's a tough one, isn't it? Because you know that it. It's obviously it's a nice day out, but it is an inconvenience. They don't bring any travelling support, really, uh, Guernsey. You know, the, the games kick off at different times when they come over here. They sometimes play, and also they sometimes play Sundays, and their midweek games are on Wednesdays. And certainly I remember when it was my job to speak to managers on a weekly basis, quite a few of them said to me they shouldn't be in the league. So I think a lot of managers certainly would be quite glad to, uh, if Guernsey were the team who took the drop. I wonder where they go, Guernsey, anyway. We're back into the... Is there a league in Guernsey? Or no, they they well they came not, up the combined counties league, so they would probably go. Back, they'd either go right, back into that go. or they'd go into the Sussex combination. I would imagine um, because oh, right. they'll basically put them if they decide if they get relegated, they might make a decision and decide to leave the English league system. I, I find that unlikely, but they will just tend to put them in an airport in one that's near the airport. So it could be oh. the Sussex league or or the combined counties, which is where they came from in the first mm. place. Um, this weekend in the Bosic South East Division. Uh, Ashford are at home to East Grinstead. It's Faversham against VCD. Uh, Cray Wanderers go to Hastings. That's going to be a tough one for them as they've certainly lost once this season of Cray. Uh, Herne Bay, one o'clock kickoff at home to Guernsey. It's Hyde against Ramsgate. Phoenix against Sevenoaks. And Whitstable Town take on Sittingbourne. Uh, that is pretty much it for your Kent Non-League podcast this week. I did mean to put a plug in when we were talking about the FA Vars uh, that Monday night's radio show is a scaffold special. Uh, we are going to be joined in the studio by Kevin Watson and Ben Smith to discuss the first leg. Uh, Tommy Sampson is going to be on the phone as well um, to tell us about what it was like when he won the FA Vars at Deal. We're going to be joined by the chairman of the Southern Counties East League as well. And uh, Chippy from Punjab United is also coming in. He's also been filmed as part of a documentary as well. So. Not only will you be able to hear us, in some time in the future, you'll be able to see us as well, which what a treat that'll be for everyone, Matt. I've had my haircut last week, Justin. Um, uh, possibly, well, in readiness for that, John. I'll have to make sure that I don't have uh, pizza juice or something juice from the local Weatherspoons on my chin. So you'll have to make sure that I look uh, smart. Now, but it should be a good show on Monday. Yeah, we're looking forward to that. Yeah, it should be really good. So, 9 o'clock Monday, uh, BBC Radio Kent, which is on 96.7 or 104.2 FM, DAB Online, Freeview Channel 719, and the BBC Sounds app, which you can tell I've said that quite a lot. But, yeah, please tune in. Very impressive, mate. Very impressive. Thanks, mate. Cheers. You um, should be doing the uh, Tesco's thing next. Yeah. So, that could be voiceovers. Yeah, do you think we could do voiceovers? I always thought about doing that. I don't know, but if there's anyone out there who'd like uh, us to do a voiceover, you know, we're, we're, we're not for competitive. Well, we're, we're available for hire also. Anybody wants to them to present their end-of-season awards, we can be at Laurel and Hardy in front of you if you need things like that. So that is definitely a, a true. If, if you would like us to do that for you, then we will be more than happy to do that for you for a fee. Um, we, <laughs> we, we might just come and do it anyway. Uh, but no, yeah, exactly. yeah we should also, we've got a list of other podcasts. We've all got sponsors. Anybody wants to sponsor this podcast? Yeah. 
I think it would be very cool, yeah, unless it was like, you know, something sweary or, you know, we, we wouldn't want to be called the, the Brexit Kent on League podcast, would we? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah within, within, within our um, reams of uh, beliefs, we would be looking for a sponsor to sponsor the Kent League podcast. Yeah, and That'd of course, cool, if, yeah. You, if you would like to hire us for any corporate event, if you uh, <laughs> contact us and use the code word podcast, you will get 10% off our fees. We don't know what our fees are yet, <laughs> but we'll definitely give exactly, you 10% yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that'd be, yeah, that'd be I always thought this time of the season when people have their end of season dues and they hand out awards, yeah, we could do it. So maybe probably the people we're handing out awards to don't know who are, but maybe some people at the clubs could be. Yeah, basically, I'm flagging for us to get another job here, John. Yeah, why not? Absolutely. Every penny helps, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, that's coming, mate. Well, I could lose my job next week. That's someone's slogan, isn't my it? Proper Every penny job. helps. I think they've already used that one. Oh, yeah, we need to get one from there, yeah. yeah. Every uh, every non league podcast helps. Exactly, that is true. Uh, yeah, thanks everyone for listening. And of course, if you do want to hire us for anything, we are at Kent NL Podcast on Twitter. Uh, we're on Facebook at Kent Non League. Uh, and we're, you can find us individually on Twitter if you just like Matt, which is understandable. He's Matthew underscore Gerard, and I'm at John Phipps81. We come um, as a partnership, mate. Oh, okay. you see the film Laurel and Hardy. Good, yeah. Again, yeah. if, if they don't want you, they're not having me. That's, I, I'm so glad to hear that, mate. I may not feel the same, but let's see if when they start rolling. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's more expensive than me, so I'm the cheap one. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks everyone for listening this week. Thanks to Ira um, and uh, Will for chatting to us, as well as uh, Andy Hessenthaler, who Matt grabbed after Dover's game on Tuesday night. Um, Thanks everyone for listening. We do appreciate it so much. Don't forget, do get in touch with us on social media, not just to talk about our uh, corporate responsibilities, but also uh, to let us know what's going on at your club and what we should be covering. Um, we'd love to hear from as many of you as possible. And please don't forget to listen to our Skeffle special, BBC Radio Kent, nine o'clock Monday night. But until then, your Kent Only podcast will be back next week. Speak to you soon. If you do want me instead of John, ring 07747 